Welcome back to New Rockstars. When Ultron Infinity tried to eat galaxies, or when the Celestials are about to pop planets like pimples, where is the TVA? They possess for all time always the ability to stop little Asgardians from playing with toys, but they turn a blind eye to multiverse-wide destruction? Did the Watcher, Erishim the Judge, and Kang have some kind of oath to stay off each other's lawns? What is this, a Florida suburb? Oh, that's right, Florida <laughs> references are back because Papa Voss is back in town. And this is Rogue Theory, the show where we pitch the wildest theories for the nerdy titles that we love. I'm Eric Voss. Going rogue with me today is eternal friend of the show. It's Jessica <laughs> Clemens. <laughs> I love a good fart noise. <laughs> it wasn't me. For podcast listeners, it was all four of us at the same time trying to sync up that brown note. Ooh. Also with us today is uh, from his very own branch timeline, Tommy Bechtold. <laughs> oh, no. No, this is... We were unsubscribing by the Trump. <laughs> Things have devolved so fast. Great to be here. Like come back to work theory. What a mess. Uh, and finally, feel free not to uh, complete this rule of threes turkey. Kang of the Bit Hang Gang. I can't even say right, MT. Um, Eric, I don't understand your accent. Yes. yes. <laughs> you also need to introduce MT as the Watcher himself because yes. he's exactly the like the himself. Watcher. I got the she bald head, the I got the watcher now. gear on, I'm ready to roll. Ooh, I love that shit. Hey, it's a big head, bald black man. Mm-hmm. These eyes MTI are made for like... people watching. <laughs> Stop watching so many people, MT. It's making them uncomfortable. Well, speaking of the watcher, with Ultron Infinity blazing a war path through the multiverse, and the Celestials now about to eradicate Earth with this emergence, the TVA appear nowhere in sight, suggesting that either all of this destruction is unfolding according to the sacred timeline, or that he remains death could have left the sacred timeline undefended and allowed all this chaos. I want us to talk about the relationship between Kang and the Celestials and the Watcher. Do, like, Celestials supersede timelines as we know? them? Did Uatu have some kind of secret deal with Kang? I just want to know, why didn't the TVA ever stop any of the madness that happened in What If? What do you guys think? I don't think this is true at all, what I'm about to say, but I always had like a dream that the TVA is in their own pocket universe where we can't see it. And so that's why they're off the radar of Uwutu kind of. And also now that the TVA is ran by a different variant of Kang, I feel like that TVA doesn't really want to do anything that involves what the Watcher's really doing. I think it's more involved Mm -hmm. of like destroying, just becoming the next war. I don't think it has anything Mm -hmm. to really do with those two. But I do want to believe that the TVA doesn't is in a different universe of its own which I know is like hard to try to make in the MCU especially with the watcher being able to see everything but I just want him to miss that one little bit of world and it's the TVA because they're so sneaky the yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want from the TVA's POV. Yeah, I, I visualize the TVA kind of similar to what Jessica says. Like, if I could use this as an example, the turtles in Finding Nemo, the, the sea turtles that go into that stream, <laughs> they live outside of that stream. And then they only enter the sacred timeline when they go into that 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 uh, that stream of water, that current uh-huh. of water. Now, I I think kind of this is basically just piggybacking on what Jessica said, but like I think what happened is you know this is kind of a fulfillment of the prophecy 
of what uh, he who remains, uh, the one who remains Kang that got killed said, which was like, if you kill me, the other people who are going to come into, the other Kangs that are going to come into power are going to be way, way worse and way, way less protective of the timeline and, and of the events of what's going on. You know, they're going to, there'll be much more chaos and war and carnage. So all of these things that are happening are kind of just a, a payoff of that line, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. I, I think now what we're trying to conceive is this thing called pocket dimensions or pocket realities, right? Mm -hmm. So right. Uh, at the end of What If, we had this big mirror dimension sphere that encased Doctor Strange Supreme. And then within that, he had a little Russian nesting doll of his own one with uh, Killmonger uh, and Zola tug of warring over the Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. I think you might be onto something, Jessica, that the a TVA could be contained in another kind of pocket dimension that is kind of like unwarpable through external means mm -hmm. of like historical ruptures uh, to any other timelines but that's what made it so terrifying at the end of Loki to see some kind of change happen from within meaning that the person who did it must be someone who has the the keys to the kingdom but MT you and I have kind of talked about this idea that maybe uh Uatu the Watcher and Kang the Conqueror could could be old friends or old mm. rivals do you think they're more likely to be friendly or like kind of from lost the Jacob and the man in black I kind of could see both being the case. <laughs> oh, man, I it's it's really tough to know whether or not Uatu and you know he who remains or Kang would like each other because he who remains is literally interfering with everything. Um, he's like, which is very much against what Uatu is all about. Um, but I think that they could have a relationship, and it would be very weird if they didn't have a relationship, considering that they are both watchers. They both monitor the timeline. Um, but I, th I think the reason why the TVA didn't show up in um, in What If is because at the end of Loki, we do have, you know, this whole chaotic thing kick off. What I think is going to happen is that the TVA is going to stop being like that police force and more of like an army. I think that we're going to have multiple mm. TVAs headed by multiple Kangs fighting each other. And so while they're doing that, mm. then we have all this What If stuff because like they're just doing their own thing, trying to like, you know, figure out who's going to take charge of everything. But then like we have... Ultron and uh, Zola and Killmonger doing their own thing and because the multiverse is in chaos. Um, so, mm. but I don't know. But with the whole Uatu and Kang thing, uh, it's it's hard to say if, I mean, I think that they, they definitely do know of each other and they probably have 100% have had a conversation, but I don't know if they would ever work together. I don't, and it's, it's tough to say. I have a question. No, I have a question for you, MT. Is there any world where, because, and maybe not, but is there a world where Kang could, or Uatu could be a version of Kang? Um, only because no, you just mentioned how they both are watchers and overseers of the universe and how they're now like in different timelines doing bigger parts of each other. Is there a world in which that could, because this Uatu came from a planet that made him kind of different, slightly different than the other watchers. Obviously he left and then was just helping the Fantastic Four in the comics. So what if this, is there a world in which that could be possible? That is, that's my oh, question. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that, you know, with Kang's like, well, I think that it's it's very unlikely considering that the Watchers are their own race of people, their own race of aliens, and like, and I think that Marvel is trying to keep that separate from the whole Kang thing just to keep just to make people less confused. But I think that there is a possibility because Kang, you know, works with time, he could potentially go to the beginnings of the Watcher civilization and be like, "I'm Daddy Watcher now. I was the one who did it. Um, it was my seed." Uh, so I think it's possible. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 
don't know where the big heads come from. Seat, see? Well, the yeah. watchers are using the watchers. Are, sorry, I'm, this is how I think. I always like do some weird like. I weird thought you thing. would just become no. A I love it. Watch Jessica. Wow. Wow. I thinking. Put my um, Jessica in the Mario movie right now. Do it. <laughs> Please put me as Wario. I'd be so good. I'd be so good. Um, but oh, now you got me forgetting where I was. <laughs> no, sorry, what? sorry, sorry. But it sounds like what we're kind of agreeing upon is this idea that even though the TVA, they aren't really bound by the order, the causality of time. Like they can fix problems that are going to happen in the future. Really, it's only now that in our other kind of dimension of time, that things kind of broke at the end of Loki that enabled the fogged glass to be more transparent in What If so that Doctor Strange Supreme and that Ultron Infinity can kind of look over their shoulders and see through it and then it kind of makes the borders a bit thinner, makes the glass mm. easier to break through. But uh, I wanted to ask like about the Celestials, right? Mm. So like it seems like the Celestials might have some kind of brewing rivalry between themselves and the Watchers. Mm -hmm. But, like, are the Celestials bound by the TVA? Like, is there timelines with Celestials in them? Or are the Celestials just above different timelines? I think your second part and what we're seeing, I think they're above... It would be the same ones above all, right? And they just don't really interfere with stuff that are so minor because they don't care about such minor things like the TVA, which is the TVA is minor to them um, compared to other things that are happening. Like what, what we're seeing in Eternals, that's such a big deal that it's like eh, the world disappeared. Everyone disappeared. That's enough to cause such a huge ripple for them to notice. But something as small as the TVA probably isn't that big of a deal. So I think it's all of them overseeing the entire the entirety of everything, right? You know, there's there's kind of checks and balances on all these different cosmic forces mm. and that the TVA really, because it's like Kang's little phony bureaucracy that it created, it's kind of like the backdoor um, uh, CIA, you know, or Ooh. NSA that just kind of spies on everything and keeps everything and just aligns everything to the way they're working. Mm. Whereas the... The Celestials are kind of the figurehead leaders of the of the multiverse or the universe, uh, where they can kind of create galaxies. They can create the the structural order of everything right. and decide when it gets destroyed. So I guess you could argue they could probably also destroy the pocket dimension that the TVA is contained in. But it's just Kang so damn slippery. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I agree with that completely. I agree with that completely. I think they could tear everything up if they wanted to. I yeah. think that well, in terms of Celestials and, and universes, I think. That that the watcher may be above the celestials in terms of like mm. um observing because i feel like every universe has their own like bunch of celestials like they'll, you'll they have their own gamma the gatherer Zirin, all the, all the boys and um and but they are the custodians of the universe in their own way like mm -hmm. I, I like to view the uh, the celestials as custodians they're like all right we're just maintaining life la 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 do 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 and so mm. <laughs> Um, but, and so I think that... That was pretty mean. <laughs> Is your custodian singing his stupid song? These As he murders a hard. million people. <laughs> I just commits genocide. Do, 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 do. Just another network. Everyone's screaming. They're just like, but no, because of this, I think that the Celestials and the Watchers sort of just leave each other alone. Because the Watchers just mm. like, all right, these guys, they sort of, they're they're interfering with people and I don't like it. But like, 
they do have a cosmic purpose and like they they are they're you know they're multiversal constances so i'm just gonna let them do their thing though i don't really like it. well are we just saying that like none of these these like neither celestials nor watchers are like apex predators in a reef like they're all just kind of like have their own jobs some are charged with keeping the bottom of the ocean floor and the coral uh-huh. free of like bacteria while the others are charged with like you know making sure the water is filtered with not enough there's enough plankton around to keep everything alive and fed and none of them are great white sharks that are just killing machines that don't care yeah. and kill that's what, yeah i think that's it that's why i was saying like checks and balances on each yeah. other that they all kind of mm-hmm. need each other yeah, uh right. to maintain the balance but like i what i want to see is like some big boardroom meeting mm-hmm. where like a seat at the table is yes. kang a seat at the yeah. table is the watcher or some other right. watcher a seat at the table is one of the celestials and then every other kind of cosmic being is yeah. there and they all kind of say like all right here is our oath i will not interfere but i will be watching everyone oh. but i won't interfere <laughs> okay here's my oath i will clear planets that get too powerful yes. and start to become like us okay a cosmic accord cool. and then and then kang's like i'll keep an oath yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think the, i think the variants of kang's are too wa- oh yeah <laughs> wait pulls his own pants down <laughs> After they all leave, here comes the custodian. Yeah. Oh, they really made a mess of this boardroom. There's cliff bars everywhere. I love this. I love the idea of this. I think Kang is just so goofy that I feel like Owatu and, um, or just the Watchers in general and the Celestials make more sense working together and recognizing that they need each other. And then there's the Kang variants that are just honestly here to cause more destruction than helping um, than anything. Now that like the original Kang is gone where I, I liked his chaotic energy of like, I'm doing this for good. We're doing this to protect them from myself. Um, now that we released all the other ones, I'm like, oh, now you're just here to damage the entire world. You're making it worse. Uh, so I, I, it's just like those two need each other. This Kang, yeah, get him out of here. Get him out of here. We don't need him. He's all, <laughs> he's off. He's pulling down his pants, yeah. <laughs> showing his wang. <wedding. laughs> he's gone. <laughs> okay. But much. no, to the um to the point of the the whole huge boardroom of like these cosmic entities, I really loved how in the comics when they did do that, when like you had your your bit like your your master orders and your lord chaoses and your mm-hmm. uh, uh, one above all is just like convening with everybody and just be like, listen, shit's going down. Thanos is right. being a bad bad boy. What are we going to do? <laughs> So like uh-huh. basically stuff like that. So I, I I really hope we see that in the MCU very soon. Well, uh, for that round, uh, Jessica, you're gonna get the point for this Woo-hoo! suggestion of a TBA in a pocket reality or a pocket dimension. I, I think that's the for now at least until the next MCU thing changes everything. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna be clinging to for the next uh, what three mm-hmm. weeks until Eternals. Hey, just uh, three weeks. Wow. Are we all gonna go I see that for my birthday? Close. Yeah, Tommy. Ooh. Yeah, Tommy the birthday boy. Yeah. Everybody's in this four-hour movie for, you know for Tommy's comes, birthday. You know what comes out on my actual birthday? Clifford, the big red dog. Does oh. it? Yeah. Oh my! And some oh. could say that's the story. That's your origin story. That <laughs> the is. big yes. red dog. That's right. Um, or as I like to call it, Pacific Rim Three. 
Kaiju! Take it down! Just a dog jumping off the buildings. Why are you rooting at me? Don't root! Clifford doesn't talk. All right. Well, we got more that we got to talk about this big casting news from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But first, you got to grab yourself some cool limited edition shirts inspired by Venom Let There Be Carnage. That's from our merch partners at Epic Hero Shop. They also have great shirts and other merch inspired by Shang-Chi, Suicide Squad, and other properties that we've been loving the last few months. Find those shirts and all the great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. But guys, there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you the confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com. Blue Chew can help you. And we've got a special deal for our audience. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ROGUE at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ROGUE to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the show. Also, if you dread looking at your credit card statements, you are not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your credit card debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income your current employment, credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. And you can check out your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com rogue. That's upstart.com R-O-G-U-E. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income, certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash rogue. All right, guys, big news this week. Actor Will Poulter was cast as Adam Warlock for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. James Gunn confirmed it. The actor from Maze Runner, uh, from Black Mirror, Midsommar, and Dope Sick is going to be playing Adam Warlock, of course, the genetically perfect being from the early Fantastic Four comics, who later was pivotal in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline in the comics, where he wielded the gauntlet, played a major role in uh, resolving that crisis. And in the MCU, we uh, met him, really, in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 post credit scene with the defeated Aisha on the Sovereign, plotting her revenge against the Guardians with Adam gestating in a golden cocoon. So what will be Adam and Aisha's plan against the Guardians in Volume 3? And could Adam appear actually earlier, like in Thor Love and Thunder next year, or in the Guardians holiday special next December? What do you guys think? I really want to see um, Adam Warlock turn on Aisha. I want him to come out of that cocoon Mm. and then immediately be like, you created me for destruction and I don't want this. And then Mm. kill all of the Sovereign. And I think that'd be great. And then 
eventually I want I what I really want is him to somehow work like the story ugh, this is okay this is a stretch I want the storyline to be eventually them trying to turn they meet him and they're like oh buddy we were trying to outrun the same person what a great idea and he's like just destroying people in his way he's just like I don't know who you are we're gonna destroy you but they're like wait you can work with us I don't know why maybe it's because I like Adam Warlock his story he has so much that I don't want it only to be used in Guardians 3 I want to see him later in uh -huh. other franchises so I want him <clears throat> I want him to stay in the movie working alongside the Guardians. This is Rogue Theory, so I'm just going rogue. I know it seems yeah, like it might rogue. be impossible, but I want them to, the movie to be them trying to get him to be on their side and trying to teach oh. him, because he's brand new. He's learning. He's just going to destroy anything in his path. So I want them to be like, this isn't right. You're not supposed to destroy things. And <laughs> they're just going to try to get him on their side. So I hope that's what happens. I hope he turns on Aisha. He just turns on everybody, but they bring him back and he starts fighting with the Guardians. Okay, okay. Now, I definitely think the Guardians team up is a very likely one, considering that we do know that, you know, this might be our last time with this iteration of the of the Guardians, and we could see the Guardians look differently. And because Adam Warlock was originally part of the Guardians lineup, um, at least at one point anyway, um, we could definitely see Adam Warlock play a bigger role, and, like, maybe we'll have a, a more beefed-up, like, Cosmic Guardians team like we've seen recently in, in comics with, you know, like, uh, Ghost Rider and all them. It was a huge stacked uh, Guardians of the Galaxy team. But I think with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I think that the High Evolutionary is going to play a huge role in this story because I personally think that the High Evolutionary made Rocket Raccoon because mm. of Yondu, always referring to Rocket as a rat and the High Evolutionary famously evolving rats to become humanoid animal creatures. Mm. And so I think that what's going to happen with Adam and Aisha because of Adam Warlock's connection with uh, the High Evolutionary is that Adam is going to try to fight the Guardians like while they're, you know, dealing with High Evolutionary Rocket stuff. And then High Evolutionary is going to be like, wow, what a, what a perfect child. Would you like to be my son? My, my boy. And then Adam's going to be like, well, my mom's kind of crazy. So, yes, <laughs> I will be your boy. And so, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be that that high evolutionary Adam Warlock teaming up. Though, he could use Adam Warlock to do some even worse stuff. So, like, we could just see Adam Warlock becoming a, uh, a temporary threat. Um, just because he just he was born yesterday and he's easy to manipulate. So, I think that we'll... we'll mm -hmm. I think we'll see Adam going from the Aisha team to a high evolutionary team to possibly even a uh, guardian of the galaxy. But that's just me. Mm. That actor is really good at playing like confused mm. really well. So I think, <laughs> I think there's a reason he was casted. So I think it's that oblivious face that he has, not that he permanently has, but he's good at playing. He always plays a character that's uh -huh. like, I'm confused. I'll go which way. And I think that plays into a lot of bro. What MC is saying. I agree. Like, I, I, I would love if like Zylac or one of the sovereign people were like, Hey Adam. So like, uh, you got your paycheck. And Adam's like, we're getting paid. Yeah. We're getting paid. You guys are getting paid. Just like the meme. You guys oh, are getting paid. That poor what? boy. That poor boy will never live that down. Yeah. He will literally never a meme forever. Down. He is a meme forever. That will pull through. I think that there's going to be a glimpse of him early than Guardians 3. I could see it being... I could see us possibly seeing his kind of, like, training uh, a glimpse in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, like, where mm. we... Maybe maybe we glimpse in to uh, him kind of learning 
because he is supposed to be perfect. So there's not like the learning curve is going to be quick for him, right? Like he's going to emerge from that cocoon. That cocoon. He's going to get out of that cocoon. Sounds like you're about to say catacomb. I wonder. I, I mean, like, to me, the thing that makes sense, given, like, his kind of arcs in, in various comic books, is that he'll start off as the antagonist in Guardians mm. of the Galaxy 3, and then they'll they'll all realize that they, they ultimately have similar goals or want the same thing against a bigger villain, right? Like, that's kind of, that's kind of seems to be what that's leading towards. But I don't know, like, to cast that actor... It would make sense to me to introduce him in something earlier so that we don't go in and have to, like, spend 20 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 watching him, like, you know, do a Rocky training montage of, like, now I'm learning how to eat. Now I'm learning how to walk. Now I'm learning how to drive a car. That's true. And it's now been I'm a minute. Now I'm learning how to sweep. Now I'm learning how to sing. Oh, it's coming dum, right back. Da, da, dum, da, da. It's coming right back. He's the janitor. He's the janitor. <laughs> and the whole bye-bye was the janitor. What a waste of time. Wiping the ceilings. He's like, King, are you, are you finishing this drink? I'm going to throw it away. So, so I know that's not the sexiest answer but i think the most like where i see him getting involved i would love i mean i guess like to me the opportunity that titling a movie dr strange in the multiverse of madness presents is like an opportunity to open windows into so many different marvel sure. pro- like almost like a like uh like when when like TVs like when broadcast networks would have like a night before their shows premiered where they would like show you like five minutes from every new show that was going to be on NBC like in the nineties they would be like here's our fall preview night like I see Doctor Strange in the multi- multiverse of madness being like our here's our MCU preview night like we're gonna have mm-hmm. like shocking <laughs> moments where you're like you know almost more genuine or like. Um, the moment in Deadpool when he opens the door and there's at the uh, Xavier, the <laughs> yes, Xavier's <laughs> the expansion yeah. and it's like they're all just there. I see yeah. more serious versions of that happening in that movie. In yeah. my mm, I feel like there was we haven't seen him in Adam such Wong. a long time. And also to give yeah. credit to like the comic books, he was in the cocoon for so long and he was giving off this like energy that people could feel. So it feels mm-hmm. like we have to have some better introduction than what we saw in the uh, post credit scene of yeah. the second Guardians, which came out so long ago that I, yeah, I right. do agree with Tommy where it's like he has to be featured somewhere else. It would be kind of yeah. shitty to be like. Oh, remember this? Like out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I think the cocoon's gonna the cocoon's gonna be connected a lot to the character. Because to me, when I think of Adam Warlock, I think of that freaking cocoon, and it's yeah, such yeah. a goofy, weird thing. He has to, he has to recharge his power. Yeah. Like I imagine if I'm James Gunn and I'm putting Adam Warlock in my movie, like this guy. What if he just has like the worst battery lifespan yeah. and like every 14 minutes he has to rebuild that cocoon back up. He's like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, I need my 18 hours of rest. <laughs> then he's like, okay, here we go. And you know James Gunn would play with that so quick. They'd be like, wait, why can't you help anymore? I gotta go back to sleep. What do you mean you gotta go back gotta to sleep? I gotta build my I cocoon. Got- he's like Flower and Bambi. He's just yeah. always napping. Yeah. I want him to. I want him to emerge from the cocoon though. Like this, like the same way people come out of their cocoons in the Matrix, and how you go down those like oh really intense water it's slides. So jarring. And he's like this, and then the bottom drops out, and he just goes, 
down like a flume. And the, <laughs> so he's always like, he, he always comes skidding in like this. Oh he gets my up God. and like has to pull his wedgie out. And, <laughs> but no, to the, um, to the, to you, I know you brought up uh, whether or not we could see Adam Warlock in the holiday special. I think it's very likely that we could see Adam Warlock in the holiday special because historically he's always been like the sort of like, you know, savior s Jesus figure like when he was like made <laughs> he was specifically made as like a jesus parallel which is very weird uh-huh. um so i could definitely th- see them being like oh here's the the reason for the season adam warlock uh, MC the jesus. reason for the season <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, so saying, like a sovereign nativity play for how adam warlock was born his advent exactly oh my god i would love that uh, there's oh a woman god. trying to check into a hotel they're like there's no room here but there is room in the manger next door, and all the you get all the Asgardian kids to just Groot comes play walking that. in. Groot's playing the little drummer boy on his trunk. He's just bump, 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 bump. Oh God! I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that is what the holiday is. Adam Warlock, pum pum pum. I uh, I love this conversation. MT, you're gonna get a point for uh, bringing in the high evolutionary. I think that uh, I think you're right. I think yeah. there is gonna be a connection there in Volume Three. Yeah. Tommy, you're gonna get a point for uh, that great custodian callback, Adam <laughs> Warlock, but also your uh, drummer boy song. <laughs> Just now. So yeah. Tommy's in the Beautiful. lead, guys. Yes. Beautiful. Tommy, big comeback. <laughs> if I knew improv was a big part of this and callbacks were so important. <laughs> the rules change every week. Well, we have time for one rogue question, and it's a big one, guys, because Ooh. Timothy Chalamet revealed in an interview this week the secret to his success. Quote, one of my heroes... I can't say who or he'd kick my ass, um, but he put his arm around me the first night we met and he gave me some advice. Uh, no hard drugs and uh, no superhero movies. Swish on that impression. Yo, but, you uh, nailed the emotion. That was right. <laughs> yeah, you sound like Timothy Chandelier and a half. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Quick aside on Timothy Chalamet. I love that they put him in movies like Dune when like he's... He's a, like, they have that joke in Dune where Duncan Idaho is like, you put on any muscle? No, you didn't. Like, there's no way he would exist in any climate outside no. of a drama club high no. school room. <laughs> yeah. Also, how is Dune not basically a superhero movie? It is. Like, what are you, he what has are superpowers. You, are you kidding you can see me? The future. What, a, what an arrogant statement. And also, the only reason I have a career is because of hard drugs and superhero movies. Yes. So, yeah. so yeah. let me just say... Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just Josh. I mean, look, Timothy Chalamet, I think he's a good actor. He's I, good I like him in his movies. I, I hated that. I'm glad, I hated that interview. I'm glad he exists. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, some actor told him no hard drugs, no superhero movies. Wow. Who do we think this was? And um, what horrible thing happened to them on the set of a superhero movie that made them turn to hard drugs? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious who it was. And it's our man, <laughs> Seth Rogen. After he I, was about Green say, Hornet. I was about to say, son of a bitch for Green he, Hornet. He, he, did, he did the Green Hornet and he was like, so Timothy, Weed, first of all, first of all, it's better for Seth Rogen's weed business if people yeah. don't do hard drugs. That's if right. If they just smoke weed. 
Uh-huh. And he had a bad experience with a superhero movie. But I also think like the better piece of advice would have been no hard drugs, no superhero movies, and no interviews until you're 35 and have had life experience. Because yes. every interview with a 25-year-old actor that like comes out in GQ or Vanity Fair just makes right. them sound like they have never had any sort of life adversity at all like they're just like well you know probably the hardest thing for me was not getting to see my friends during the summer when we would go to our french villa for eight weeks so i would lose touch with all my friends in america and you have to understand when you're making new friends who speak your second language which i am also fluent in you know half the time we're on a boat and the water is noisy so you can't really hear them and the other time we're up in my dad's helicopter Anyway, I'm allergic <laughs> to caviar because I ate it so much as a kid. Like right. they just—they all sound yeah. like out of touch assholes. And I like Timothy Chalamet as well. And I think he's going to be a great Wonka. And I hope he loses his virginity to an Oompa Loompa in that movie. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Someone, the actor hey, and Don't the character. We all. To be Don't clear, I want Timothy Chalamet to lose his what I'm sure is very intact virginity. To a, an actor intact playing Intact virginity. Intact yes. virginity. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's all I got to say about that. Damn. Wow. wow. That's it, though? That's, <laughs> that's it? You don't have any that, more? Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of quiet today, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's been playing no, it real low today. But I think Tommy's right. We do not need to hear any interviews from anybody before they turn 35. Just yes. Not, not enough life experience. Uh, I, um, okay, who do, we, who do we think that other, other thoughts, who this was? I think it's exactly what Tommy said. But as a second guess, um, I think it could be Will Smith. Because, like, you know, obviously, is a very yeah. clean man. And, like, How he would never... How is that a hero? <laughs> I, I feel like going. he would just just generally just be like, hey, kids, uh, stay away from drugs. And also, stay away from superhero movies because I did Hancock. And that didn't yeah, really yeah. work out for me. Even though and I like the Squad. idea of... He did Suicide Squad as well, which did also didn't work out for him. So he's uh, just feeling... Pretty not great about superhero movies, probably. Yeah, that's a great guess, actually. I think that one actually makes a lot of sense. I think that was the funniest (laughs) one. I don't know why it is. Why would he go to the Fresh Prince and be like, any advice you got? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's Will Smith, bro. He's like... I would successful. listen. I knew it. See, I would listen to Will Smith. Are you I kidding would. me? <laughs> yeah. Anything the Fresh Prince tells me, I, I will do. It. I will do it. If it was early two thousands, of course I would. But it's not anymore. <laughs> any any era of of, uh, of Will Smith, I'm gonna listen to. If Will Smith put his arm around me, he'd be like, "Wait a second, I got a little cocaine on my hand. <laughs> oh my I was about God. to tell you not to do drugs." And he's like, "Do all the hard drugs." <laughs> Oh my god. I think Your home's t- the Bel Air. Oh <laughs> I think Tommy's was great. I think MT's was great. I think mine's the most realistic. I think it was uh, Ben okay. Affleck. Oh, <laughs> I think yeah. it was Ben Affleck. Because oh that yeah. man had a really hard life. No, uh not not anymore. Done. Not anymore. J Lo turned yeah. it around. But mm-hmm. Timothy Timothy Chalama. Ch- Timothy Chameleonaire. I don't fucking out of bounds Timothy Chalice. <laughs> Timothy Chalice doesn't have a J-Lo. So, Chalamet the God. So I don't think he has... I don't think, I don't think he has a J-Lo. So I think Ben Affleck absolutely smoking a cigarette was like, look here. Stay away from superhero movies. 
Also, uh-huh. don't do drugs. Don't get a giant yeah. phoenix tattooed on your back like I did. I thought it was a good idea. The artist was really cool. I thought it was a one night thing and it never went away. Oh don't God. do it. And I feel like that was a good one because unlike Will Smith, but I guess kind of like Will Smith, very prominent person. You probably would ask him for like tips. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. I would ask Ben Affleck for uh, anything. To be perfectly honest, when that question, when Eric first asked that question, I was like, that's got to be Ben Affleck. Like just yeah. logically, I was like, that has to be Ben Affleck because well, he, yeah, he sure. also seems like the type of person that would give you that advice while explaining how awesome it was that he did the opposite. Be like, listen, yeah. I've done a lot yeah. of hard drugs. In my life and had a lot of fun. Right. Just pulled him over at like the Emmys and was like, let me talk to you real quick. And it's like, like oh, Ben Affleck? <laughs> like your older cousin at a wedding when you're like Yo, 16 oh. and he's like, let me give you a little 100%. advice. Yeah. Stick mm. to the beer. Don't go for the hard stuff. If anyone ever offers you any parties, uh, powders at a party, <laughs> you say no. I've had the greatest nights of my life, but I'll tell you what, it's not worth it. That's because right. Because you get laid so much and you have so much fun <laughs> and you end up on crazy adventures but it's not worth it because you'll say yes to things you never thought were imaginable. It'll take you to the greatest heights, but it's not worth it. It's just, I mean, that's why he told him that is he, he wanted it all for himself. He's like, I'm coming back to play Batman. I don't want this little hot shit. taking my, taking my Affleck playing the origin story to Willy Wonka. He's like, (laughs) get yourself a chocolate hat and you be Wonka. And he says, just once I want to knock on that door and see the young, not there that you jumped in the car and you drove out and he said no to all of this just once but but here's the funny thing i actually do know who it was it was jacob tremblay that told him that oh yeah it was little jacob tremblay too much too much coke he's like he's He's like let me give you a little advice timothy let me give you a little bit of advice let me tell you let me tell you timothy he's like jacob uh, well, I think Jess has got to get the point for Ben yeah. Affleck. I think I, that's the, that seems most likely. We come with a lot of reasons why, uh, which makes, I guess, her and Tommy co-winners of this week of <gasps> Road Theory. Uh, oh but God. thank you to all of our guests uh, this week on Road Theory, Jessica Clements, Tommy Bechtold, and MT. You can support our channel by checking out all of our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com, including that awesome Venom-inspired shirt. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars on all social platforms. And be sure to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. See you next time, boners. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> nice. <laughs>